Chapter 12 The sticky red whip of the taxon's tongue stopped moving. But it was more than that. Nothing was vibrating against my antennae. There were no sounds. There were no smells, because the air itself had stopped moving. Then, without meaning to, I began to demorph. What's going on? I asked. I'm demorphing, Cassie said. But it wasn't me doing it. Are we dead? Is this some kind of hallucination? I asked. If it is, I'm having it too, Jake said. I swiftly grew larger and larger. My center pair of cockroach legs dwindled and disappeared. My lower legs swelled and grew skin. I fell from the taxon's tongue to the ground, too large and heavy to be stuck any longer. Toes appeared. Fingers appeared. My true human eyes opened. I looked around, dazed and disoriented. The others were all there. We were all human again, barefoot and dressed in our skin-tight morphing outfits, like we always were when we came out of a morph. Axe was back in his andalite body, just adding to the general weirdness of the scene. We were inside a building. As we had guessed, it was a lunchroom. There was a kitchen to one side. There were a dozen long tables down the middle of the room. People sat at the tables, eating. Only, they weren't eating. They were holding forks. They were looking down at plates of food. They were getting ready to speak. They were holding mugs of coffee. But no one was moving. No one was breathing. The steam rising from the mugs of coffee was frozen and still as a photograph. Okay, I'm ready to wake up now, Marco said. This dream is getting weird. Look, I said, hork Two hork were standing by the door. I had never seen one standing still before. Even frozen in place, they were frightening. Seven feet of knife-edged arms, legs, head, and tail. Salad shooters on legs, as Marco said. Walking razor blades. And then there was the taxon. The one who had been about to eat us. It was a monstrously big centipede, as big around as a concrete sewer pipe. It had a round, red mouth at the very top of its worm body. The long, red whip of a tongue stuck out and hung in the air. I have an idea, Marco said. Even if this is a dream, let's get out of here. Definitely, I agreed. Move, Jake said loudly. We ran for the door of the lunchroom, out into the vast, intimidating openness of the cavern. Outside, the same freeze had occurred. The surface of the yerk pool was still. The humans and hork who were involuntary hosts were frozen in their cages, screaming and crying and shouting without a sound or a movement. On the infestation pier, a woman was bent low over the water, held down by a hork A yerk was halfway into her ear. She was crying. Her tears were motionless on her cheeks. Then I saw something moving. One single thing in all that eerie stillness. A boy. He was tall, a little gangly. He had hair that looked as if it had never been combed. Oh, I whispered. Oh, look! It's Tobias! The others all turned to see. Tobias shrugged his human shoulders. He held up his hands to stare at his own fingers. It is me, he said, sounding like he doubted it. My old body. Here. 
I ran to him. I don't really know why. I just did. I wanted to touch him, to know he was real. Ah! 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 He yelled. He jumped back and suddenly threw his arms up and down. He was flapping, trying to get away. Trying to fly. I had scared him by rushing at him. Sorry, he whispered, terribly embarrassed. Sorry. I put my arms around him and hugged him tightly. Tobias, what's going on? I asked him. I don't know, he said. I was flying. Then suddenly, I was here. Like this. Time has stopped, Axe said. For everyone but us. I can feel it. Something is very, very wrong, Cassie said darkly. Is this some trick of Visser Three's? This is not Yerk technology, I can tell you that, Axe said. This is far beyond them. Far beyond us Andalites as well. What? Humility? From an Andalite? Yeah! Marco screamed. The voice came from everywhere at once. And from nowhere. It wasn't a voice, not really. It wasn't even thought speak. It was like an idea that simply popped into your head. The words exploded like bursting balloons inside your own thoughts. I spun around, looking for the source, ready to fight if necessary. No, Rachel. There is no threat. It knows your name, Tobias hissed. I glanced at Axe. He had gone rigid. He wasn't frozen like all the world around us. He was afraid. He was shaking. Aximile Eskruth Istel has begun to guess what I am. Elamist, Axe said. Do not be afraid. I will appear in a physical form you can understand. The air directly in front of me... No, not in front. Behind. Beside. Around. I can't explain it. The air just opened up as if there were a door in nothingness, as if air were solid, and it is just impossible to explain. The air opened. He appeared. He was humanoid. Two arms, two legs, a head where a human head would be. His skin was glowing blue, as if he were a light bulb that had been painted over, so that light still shone from him. He seemed like an old man, but with a force of energy that was definitely not frail. His hair was long and white, his ears were swept up into points. His eyes were black holes that seemed to be full of stars. I am an elemist, he said, speaking with an actual voice, as your Andalite friend guessed. Axe was shaking so badly he looked like he might fall down. Be at peace, Andalite, the elemist said. Look at your human friends. They do not fear me. They don't know what you are, Axe managed to say. The Elemis smiled. Neither do you. All you know are the fairy stories your people tell to children. Well, how about if someone tells us who and what you are? I said. I was not in the best mood ever. It was extremely bizarre and unnerving to be surrounded by human controllers, hork and taxons in the very heart of the enemy's stronghold. They were all frozen, but that could change. To be honest, I was scared. And when I'm scared, 
I get mad. The Elemis looked at me. You cannot begin to understand what I am. They are all-powerful, Axe said simply. They can cross a million light years in a single instant. They can make entire worlds disappear. They can stop time itself. This one doesn't look all that powerful, Marco said skeptically. Don't be a fool, Axe snapped. That's not his body. He has no body. He is everywhere at once. Inside your head. Inside this planet. Inside the fabric of space and time. So, why are you here? Jake asked the Elemist. Why all of this? Why did you bring Tobias here? Obviously, you saw right through our morphs, Marco said. You knew who we were. You even know our names. You brought us all here together. Why? Because you must decide, the Elemist said. Decide what? I demanded. The fate of your race, the Elemist said. The fate of the human race.